Well, folks, with the Wayfield Report in its fifth season and me starting my 14th year of podcasting in 2021, I figured now would be as good time as any to start a Patreon page for the podcast. And I know everyone these days has a Patreon page who is a podcaster, but let me tell you what you're going to get if you decide to join the Whitfield Report Patreon. At the one level, at the one dollar level, you'll simply be uh, contributing. That'll simply be a way of saying thank you, uh, and I appreciate it, but that's that. However, at the three dollar level on up, you're going to be getting access to an exclusive uh, podcast that I'm hoping to do weekly called the Savage Express Podcast. And on that podcast, exclusive to Patreon subscribers and supporters, I'll be covering music and movies and pop culture and personal anecdotes in ways that uh, I can't cover on uh, YouTube or traditional podcast platforms. I'm hoping to do this every week. I might not, but it'll certainly be a longer-form podcast uh, for those types of topics, if you're interested in that sort of thing. And uh, I also might be re-releasing some uh, episodes of the Whitfield Analysis, my old podcast, re-releasing the back catalog, as it were, uh, digging out some of the old video clips that I've had an archive for years and posting all of that exclusively to the Patreon site for you guys. It's going to be a good time and uh, there are a couple of different tiers you can join in at. Uh, I understand if you can't join the Patreon, but if you're, if you're able to uh, financially support the show and you want to help out, joining the Patreon would be the best way to do that. So I encourage you to go to patreon.com forward slash Whitfield Report and sign up on one of the tiers today. And uh, again, folks, I want to thank you for supporting the podcast. Thank you for listening to the podcast. And hopefully uh, I can look forward to your financial contribution, which I deeply appreciate as well. God bless, folks, and uh, God freedom amongst see in that order.
we're not doing that anymore, old man. We're not staying at home any longer. Uh, welcome to the Whitfield Report impromptu uh, Thursday slash Friday stream, as it were. I, uh, I would have done the show on Wednesday, actually, as I usually do for the audio podcast. But uh, we actually had a, a pretty big tropical storm here on Wednesday and it knocked the power out from about 3.30 uh, p.m. to 3.00 a.m. Uh, Thursday morning. So uh, I, I essentially lost like a whole afternoon of uh, productivity and stuff for school uh, on Wednesday. So I had to catch up with that. And uh, to be honest, folks, uh, one of the reasons I haven't been around as much on like social media and whatnot or the podcast really is because I've actually been really uh, busy with school this semester and in particular this uh, one class project that I have to do and I have a good grade in the class but this is one of those uh, stupid projects that essentially makes or breaks your grade and if you do well on it uh, you know good but if you fuck up on it uh, you could even if you have like an A, it's one of those things that can, uh, you know, really, you know, you might flunk the class, which, uh, you know, obviously I don't want to have happen. And yeah, Scorpio, I, I do agree that, you know, school is for chumps and college is kind of for chumps. Thank God I'm in my senior year. Um, and I'm getting my technical communications degree, which is actually useful. But I mean, fuck me. Why did why did my senior year have to fall? Uh, you know, on the year when they were going to lock everyone down and whatnot. So uh, you know, this time next year, because it takes me a little longer to get through uh, school, I should be graduated and, and done. But in the meantime. I am trying to kind of hold my head above water, so uh, don't worry, I haven't been dead. Uh, I've just been stressed and kind of wishing I were dead uh, because of all the projects and whatnot. And so on top of the anxiety I've had with school and whatnot, uh, the election, which I guess was last week now? Maybe, nah. I mean, it feels like it, it was only a week ago, but this month is already flying by. Um, between the election and having t to submit like part two of this project, like my anxiety between the election and between school, it wasn't that I wanted to talk about the election last week because I did I was just not in a good you know kind of headspace to talk about uh, the election 
because of the anxiety of Biden potentially becoming our president and, uh, you know, the election fraud and then all the other stuff I've had to deal with IRL, like I mentioned. Uh, you know, I, I didn't want to spiral online, so uh, Apex Gamma wasn't going to be on the show last week anyway. He had a personal thing to do. So I decided to take, to take Saturday off uh, as well. I did go on a Versa News Media and their channel and contribute over there. But uh, yeah, I was just not in the mood to host. More like be a guest, so that's what I did. Uh, and it worked out because I guess uh, Semper Bear, or no, not Semper Bear, Semper Reloaded. <laughs> Sorry about that, uh, Semper. Um, did a uh, pretty good stream on... Uh, you know, kind of getting out of the election of funk. So I watched that and that helped um, out a bit. And so that's what I did last weekend. But long story short, folks, like I said, I'm not dead. I, um, I've i just been busy. I've just been swamped. Um, I'm going to try and, you know, put out uh, an episode this weekend uh, with more in-depth election stuff. Uh, maybe getting into some of the stuff a little more. I'm sure that Apex and I will have stuff to talk about. Uh, and also, uh, E-Scorpio and I will be doing the Gamma Hug Box um, tonight. And he's about to, I know he's going to interview his, uh, I know he's going to air his interview with uh, Brandon Crick, the comedian who was, physically assaulted by uh, Owen Benjamin uh, a few years ago uh, on his channel in about like an hour or so. So I'll try and keep this quick. But, uh, you know, long story short, I just want to let you guys know that I have been uh, around and that I'm not dead yet. Although, you know, some days, like I said, it kind of feels like, uh, you know, I might as well be dead. But, um... Anyway, um, and I'm partially joking about that too. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not suicidal or anything. So anyone reading into that, you know, I'm fine. Just you know, like I said, the stresses of life. But anyway, like I was saying, um, one thing I've realized since the, uh, you know. Really, one thing I've realized pretty much since the beginning of 2020 is that I, and I've talked about this a little bit before, but one of the things I've realized is that, you know, you, you, uh, now after the election, you hear a lot of these, uh, you know, photographers on both the left and the right. Uh, you know, talk like what about what's next for them. Uh, some people seem so, you know, unconsolable uh, about Biden potentially becoming president of the United States that they're bailing, you know, from or, you know, they're thinking about like moving on to another thing, uh, perhaps because of that. Um you know, maybe quitting their own show or doing that. Um, 
I guess some of the left-wing grifters are still so filled with Trump derangement syndrome, like Keith Olbermann is, that they're going to continue to uh, keep talking about about the uh, evil orange bad man, even after he leaves office, allegedly. Although I don't think he will. Uh, I don't think he will leave the. Uh, I don't think Trump will leave the White House. I think he'll be president at the end of all this. But, um, you know, I'll, I'll get to that in a bit. But long and short, short, a lot of people online are like, I would ask me, so, are you going to quit your show now, Sam, that, you know, Trump is no longer president? And uh, to those people, all I have to say is, Bitch, I started podcasting. I started this show, or the first iteration of this show, when I was a teenager, way back when Obama was elected president the first time. You think I'm... You think I'm adverse to operating, uh, you know, during Democrat presidencies? You've got another thing coming. Uh, I'm not going away of my own volition anytime soon. Um, I'll, I, I'm still sticking around uh, because my pa my podcast and this stream does not depend on the person in the White House uh, aligning of my you know within my personal political persuasion. So, you know, as far as that goes, I'm, I'm not, I'm not quitting because of Biden winning. I'm not even really moping because Biden winning. That, that was the other thing. People, people thought I banished off, uh, you know, social media last week because of the election. And like I said, no, it's just because I've simply been busy and I haven't had time to comment on all this stuff until today, really. But one thing I also realized, and I realized this about two years ago, is that while I enjoy talking politics on the Whitfield Report, and while that was the initial, um, you know, impetus for the show when I started it, I'm not necessarily limited to it. There are other things I can talk about, like E. Scorpio mentioned, transition to the Whitfield movie report. I've done that uh, on the stream before. Uh, you know, we, Scorpio and I do the Gamma Hugbox uh, podcast with uh, Apex Gamma on Fridays, where we just, you know, which is kind of a separate podcast, but since it's on the same channel and the same podcast feed, you know, it's kind of a bonus show where we just talk out internet you know, uh, personalities and, you know, laugh at e-celeb culture, basically. That, so that's another thing. And then, uh, you know, I'll get a storm of wrenches on or, you know, and the original DZ crew and John Arcade and we'll just shoot the shit for three, four hours. We haven't done an eight-hour hate stream in a long time and, you know, I'm probably not going to have time to do one until... Christmas or you know something like that but hey 
you know, we're still amenable to that. So uh, the point being is, for me, even though this thing started out being political for me, what I've realized over the past really two to three years is that I enjoy podcasting or live streaming or just whatever you want to call the medium, talking to you guys and talking with you guys. I enjoy the format way more than I enjoy, you know, politics or any one thing. Those are just topics that I cover, yes, but this, the experience of being able to connect with you guys, whether it be, you know, in chat or on Discord or on Skype or, you know, connecting with you guys on VC and having you guys on the show, this is really what I'm passionate about right here. Um, even if it's talking to you guys. So, you know, that's going to be my plan for the significant future is to just let the show, uh, you know, kind of go where it's going to go. And, you know, yeah, this is still going to be a political show, but it's not going to be uh, pigeonholed to that either. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to go away. That There may be times, uh, such as right now, where I'm busy with IRL stuff and not able to broadcast as much, but I will always try and put out, out a show for you guys, um, you know, as much as I can. Um, now, regarding a few things about the election and whatnot, I'm of two minds on this, to be honest. I definitely think that there was voter fraud. And there's no doubt in my mind that Biden may have tried, he probably did try and steal the election. But there is a chance that all the recounts, you know, could come back and it could turn out to be legitimate, like actually legitimate, in which case, if that's the case, then I will, um, you know, I'll be prepared. I'll make sure that I'm locked and loaded and prepared in case the government, you know, in case I actually do get declared like an enemy of the regime. I, I know I'm already on a list of some sort. Um, you know, I'll prepare and then I'll, I'll abide my time. I'm not sure let me put it this way I don't think a boogaloo is 
something that anyone wants necessarily. It might, um, it might happen inevitably whether I want it to or not, but I'm not going to be the one starting it. Now I will tell you this, this is pretty damn funny to me. Uh, but back in 2016, after the election, I had a whole bunch of, uh, not like a ton, but I had a few uh, family members who were liberal, uh, quote unquote, disown me. And they, they blocked me on Facebook and uh, so, you know, Instagram and other social media platforms they had. And they, they, you know, they, they all wrote like this big, you know, long letter about how, uh, you know, they, they couldn't understand why I, you know, Sam Whitfield, who is so, you know, kind and so nice and so genuine, could vote for such a hateful, you know, bigot, evil, you know, racist dividing man, you know, fill in whatever negative adjective you want, you know, for Trump. Basically, they, they couldn't understand why I voted for Trump, and they they didn't feel like they could call me family members anymore, so they disowned me. And I know I'm not alone in that vote. I'm, I know that as far as the audio podcast listeners go, I've received, you know, tweets and messages from you guys, so I know that happens to you. I'm sure that happens to, I'm sure that has happened to some of the people who are in, you know, the live stream right now, maybe. I, I don't know, but it's happened to me. And, you know, it, it, I'll admit, some of them, some of them weren't really, like, all that surprising because they weren't close. Some of them were a bit shocking and saddening, but at the same time, you know, say la vie, I guess. Well, now these same people that disowned me four years ago and, you know, haven't, uh, you know, said word one to me since late 2016, early, early 2017, now, some of them have, like, reached out to me and, you know, tried to make amends now that the bad orange man is supposedly gone in their eyes. And that's not going to happen. Now, let me tell you guys something when it comes to my personal Facebook page I have one for the show but I also have one you know that's like my personal life you know that's like my IRL personal one I don't talk politics on there very much at all unless there's like some major event that other people 
are talking about. Um, you know, that like I really feel needs to be addressed. I don't talk politics on Facebook. Why? Because in general, it, ha it has caused way too much drama because there has always been someone who has gotten hurt feelings by what I say. And it's not really that I care about their hurt feelings. What I care more about is the fact that I say something that's like, you know, that's like quote unquote politically incorrect or something that they don't agree with. And then, you know, as far as family members, you know, they start like, you know, complaining about like how mean I am or about how ignorant I am. They start arguing. Sometimes I'll get like phone, sometimes I'll get like phone calls or, you know, text messages, messages from my, you know, grandparents saying, why you got to argue with so-and-so and so-and-so about this, that, or the other thing. So, you know, Facebook drama just causes a whole bunch of drama. So I don't need that aggravation in my life. So generally I don't talk politics on Facebook. Um, you know, Rarely, I, I rarely post anything on Facebook, period. Um, you know, unless I actually have like a notable event or something to talk about. Uh, but with that being said, I've also never unfriended anyone or blocked anyone or canceled anyone from my life on Facebook or in real life. I've never canceled anyone based on political you know, differences, period. That seems so weird. And so, you know, that seems, it doesn't seem weird to me now because it's more common, but it seemed like it should be weird, but it's not, right? Like, you, you would think that, you know, family members, especially, you know, like, my family isn't super dysfunctional. We're semi, you know, tight. You would think that, you know, people would be able to respect each other's opinions and whatnot. But, you know, that's that. So, you know, I've always said that I'm, you know, I'm happy that I will never... You know, I'll never disown anyone based solely on, you know, religious or political disagreements. But I've also said, too, that if you disown me, if you cut me off, that's on you. And I'm not going to beg you to come back into my life. Because if you don't feel like I add anything to your life, if, if you can't, and this same goes for not just, uh, you know, family members, but 
friends too. If you, if, you know, if you uh, disown me simply based on disagreeing on something, if you don't think I add value to your life, then why should I beg for you to stay in my life? And this, this is actually another funny, funny story. So, uh, one of my closest friends, I've been friends with this kid since middle school. Back in 2016, uh, he, he voted for, um, Hillary. But the thing that was, is this is my friend, he comes from a blue collar uh, family and his entire family for some reason thought that, you know, they think that the Democrat party of Kennedy is the same Democrat party that it is today and it's not, right? But in 2016, that was his thinking. So when Trump won, he called me up and he was super pissed. And keep in mind, we had been friends since like, you know, middle school. So at that point, it was like 12 years or something. We've been friends for like 15 years now. But, you know, even so, it was a long time, even back in 2016. And he called me up and he called me up and he was like, you know, I just don't understand how you could vote for Trump. You know, so I, I told him my reasons and he did the whole thing of, you know, well, Trump is just such a, you know, a mean and divisive guy and then he then he did the whole thing of i'm not sure we can be friends anymore sam and i think what he was expecting me to do was to say oh god no please you know you're my best friend you know we've been through so much together please don't you know cut me off or something like that. I think he was expecting that, right? But what I said to him was, I said, well, I said, we've been friends since the sixth grade. We talk every single day. And now you want to cut me off because we have, you know, disagreements about the president of the United States, who hasn't been in, who hasn't even been in office a full month yet, and I, I said, look, I said, if you cut me off, I, I won't lie, I'll, I'll be sad about it. But no, it's your decision, not mine. And you know. If you want to end our friendship of 12 years, well, it's been a good run, 
But, um, you know, if it's time to move on, it's time to move on. I wish you the best of luck. And, you know, the, the ball's in your court where we go from here. Well, he was not expecting that. So, like, he called me back, you know, two or three days later and was like, hey, man, you know, you're right. That That's kind of stupid. We'll just agree to disagree. And I'm like, okay, well, cool then. That's awesome. So fast forward to 2018. Actually, no. Now that I remember that, fast forward, now that I'm remembering this, fast forward to just six months. Right, my, my friend, like I said, my friend is a, is a guy who is, you know, he's blue collar, but he's also a white guy. And the other thing too is my friend, he grew, he grew up in, he grew up in some pretty rough, um, situations too. Um, he, he lived in foster care for a bit. Um, he had a, he had a juvenile, he went to juvie a few times for like minor, minor offenses. Like he never, he never like did anything bad, like, you know, seriously harm someone, but you know, he, he had some struggles, right? So, and, and I'll bring up, I'll, I'll explain why I bring that up in a sec. So, my friend is working out at the airport in Colorado, D, at DIA, and he's managed to get a position as a security guard. Not TSA, but with airport security. And so, he's doing his thing, and one of his... Um, one of his co-workers, who is black, I guess, says to him something along the lines of, well, you only got this job because of your white privilege, right? And so my friend starts telling this guy about all the shit he's been through. And he says, you still want to claim I have white privilege? And so, from from what I understand, now I didn't see this. This is my friend telling me this story. From what I understand, the black guy punches my friend, you know, assaults him, and starts wailing on him. So my my friend basically gets into a fight with this other guy in self defense, and he ends up like knocking the the other guy out. But but it's in self defense, and I guess people. Um, you know, so, so my friend actually surprisingly got out of the whole thing relatively unscathed and he was able to keep his job, right? But one of the other things that I guess the, uh, you know, 
like my my friend was really kind of like shaken up as to why he was you know being like profiled as a racist and whatnot so he started doing all this like research into what like black lives matter was and all this stuff with like you know white privilege and you know cultural appropriation and all those buzzwords and he realized pretty quickly that the left is no longer that the democrat party of jfk the one that he thought he was part of is no is no longer around and he actually discovered the hard way that the hard left is the hard left. So he went from being, you know, a relatively low information default Democrat to being a conservative. And he actually called me, you know, and told me that story and was like, dude, I, I get it. I get what you go through now as a conservative. I get why you do your show. And so then once he came out as a conservative and he had also started going to church too a little bit prior to becoming a conservative he had given his life over to Christ and I guess people started kind of canceling that of their life for that as well so between the two he started losing friends or people that he thought were friends so it's interesting because he kind of he kind of came i guess he came around and he kind of came full circle in a sense so and I, I'm not trying to say that I'm a great friend, although I think I am. But he realized that, you know, I and a handful of the people were still there for him, regardless of all this. So, why do I bring him up? Why do I tell you that story? Because we're going through something similar right now. You know, the left is so desperate for, uh, you know, Biden to be president. And now they want people to come together after telling you know, friends and family members, fuck you for the last four years. And if they've, if they've disowned you, don't let them, don't let them take you back because they want to. I mean, I would say, screw them. If they haven't talked to you in like four years because of Trump. But you know, if they're, if they're 
actually like genuine about it well if, if they were genuine they wouldn't have done it in the first place so what the hell am i talking about but um you know don't let politics be divisive on your end as much as you can and you know don't let others who cut you off affect you right find those who are close who are close to you for you regardless of politics and you know don't be a don't be a jerk be decent to everyone as much as you can but there's no need to placate people now because Biden is the president of the United States that is insane it's it, it literally is insane in my book all right, let, let me see who all is in the chat. Hey, I see Mirai is in the chat, which, uh, you know. Hey, John, I haven't seen you in a while. Um, Sammy live while well, the sun is out? Yeah, um, I know, big surprise, right? Well, like I said, Mirai, I've been busy with, you know, school and whatnot, so I really... This is the first time in a couple of days that I've had to say anything about the election. And to be honest, I've kind of been like semi-depressed about it, but talking to you guys has actually really helped. So, um, yeah. Also, Nira, you, you hit the nail on the head. Some people can't accept that they've been wrong because they are still too emotional I mean that that's that's fair but that argument only holds that's fair and I, I get where you're coming from but see this is the this is the other thing that kind of drives me crazy is there's this notion out there that conservatives are not emotional people and that's not true. I am... I'm a logical person, yes. But I am also a deeply emotional person. In a good sense. Meaning that when I connect with someone, even with the people that I've met on, you know, that I've met online long term, like you, Nirai, um, you know, my, with my close friends and my, you know, close family members, I, I do feel like bonds are formed and, uh, you know, I, I like when you become a, when you become like an actual friend of mine, I've, I have several people who are, you know, really good acquaintances. 
But if you become my friend, I'm one of those friends who will, you know, have your back no matter what. Unless you pull an Eric Nimmer or something like that. that that's the other thing is I am loyal to my friends and to my family. But I'd also like to think that I'm not loyal to a fault. But that's a whole nother thing for another time. Um, well, Sierra says, speak for yourself, Sam. Well, you know, Sierra, you, Sierra, you, you are, you are a robot and you are artificial, you are artificial intelligence. So, you know, you're, you're a computer. Emotion, emotion isn't even a concept to you. So, you know. I don't really blame you for saying speak to, for yourself because you don't understand. You're either you're either a computer or you're either a Vulcan from Star Trek, where you just don't express emotion. But anyway, I'm kind of getting off topic here, believe it or not. My point being, folks, is. I think that Trump could still could still very well be president. And I think there is a strong possibility for that. I do. But I'm also not under the illusion that Biden is probably going to be the president of the United States. And I'm not going to let that ruin my life. One thing I will say, one thing I think that a lot of Trump supporters did get wrong with this go-around is I feel like a lot of them were a little too overconfident that Trump was going to win this thing and win it by a landslide, right? I was under no illusions that this was going to be close. I knew that I knew that this election was going to be close because believe me as passionate as I am about supporting the president the current president I also know that there that Trump's arrangement syndrome is very strong I know that there are that there are a lot of people who despise Trump and like his policy, like his policies are not. There are people who are emotional about Trump, and there are people who are going to vote Biden just to make sure that he didn't get a second term. And you know, I you know I know that because that was the motivation for a lot of people in 2016 voting for Trump to make sure that Hillary wasn't president. That was kind of my, that was kind of my um, impetus at first. You know, Trump wasn't my initial guy in 2016. Um, but once he be, once he became the nominee, I I jumped on, you know, the Trump train and got my MAGA hat and and went full, 
went full MAGA for no other reason than just to rub it in the face of Hillary supporters. And look, I know that it, I know that it's bad. I know that Biden is a great, you know, isn't a great president elect. He's certainly, he's certainly not my choice. But I will say this: I still think that 2016 was the more important election because it pushed Hillary out of the White House once and for all. So I still consider, you know, a Trump presidency a victory for no other reason that it, than it kept Hillary out of the White House. Thank God. Um, you know, with that being said, you know, Kamala and these new, you know, AOC and the new radicals on the left, I don't, you know, I don't really know what to think of all them other than, other than they're scary. Biden... Biden's China connection weirds me out. But Biden is also kind of an old school. Let me put it this way. I don't like Biden and I'm unnerved by the fact that he might become president, but I'm not. I'm not kept up at night by the prospect of a Biden presidency like I am, like I was in 2016 with the prospect of a, of a uh, Clinton presidency. Because we, we, we all know, we all know deep down, and yes, even the Democrats here, they have to admit, you have to admit, you know, you guys, you know that Hillary Clinton had Vince Foster whacked. You know that she intimidated Bill's, you know, victims. You know that, I mean, Biden might be a bag man, Biden might be a bag man for China. And that's bad in and of itself, don't get me wrong. But I don't see, I don't see Biden as inherently evil. I see Hillary as inherently evil, but I, I see Biden as more of a bag man for foreign nations. Right? Not saying that's good, but I'm still. If one term is all that Trump, you know, got, I'm still okay with that because it was better than nothing. And the other thing is, the MAGA movement is not going away, right? This is, this is another thing. And I said this way back when I was in high school, when the show was called The Whitfield Analysis, but one of the big mistakes with the Republicans nominating Mitt Romney in 2012 
was that they thought that if they nominated Mitt Romney and he and he won, we were going to go back to the uh, good old day, days of George W. Bush, you know, of the, of the Bush era GOP, you know, of the of those guys, we 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 were gonna go back to Bush era conservatism. It was going to be great, you know. Everything was gonna be grand, you know, and it would undo everything Obama did. Well, here's the thing, folks. Obama, Obama, when he became president, changed the political landscape forever, and the Democrat Party and the left became Barack Obama's Democrat Party and Barack Obama's left, if that makes sense. Trump has done the same thing with the conservative movement, in a sense. We're not going back to the old GOP move, the old, you know, GOP Ways, which I think is good. But Trump has changed the landscape of conservatism forever. And even the never-Trumpers have to, have to admit that now. So even if Trump doesn't end up being president, he's still going to be around. You know, and even if he dies, you know, in the next, you know, five to ten years... Not saying he should, but, I mean, the man is 70-something. He's lived, you know, he's, he's lived a hard life, and, you know, I mean, you just don't know. Even if he goes, I guarantee you that, you know, Don Jr. and, you know, basically the Trump kids... They're going to have influence. And people also joke about, you know, oh, you know, Baron Trump, he's, you know, he's only 14, but, you know, he'll probably, he'll probably be, you know, running for office. You know, it, it's kind of like a meme Baron running at this point, but, you know, I'll probably be like, what, in my 40s? you know, 50s. You know, that 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 could that kid could run for president by the time I'm in in a nursing home or something. You know, by the time I have kids of my own. You know, don't discount don't discount the Trump clan any of them. And uh, you know, don't discount any of the other you know, people who have come out. Uh, Alan Powell says, Ted Cruz, 2024. Yeah, well, people have asked me that. Run for president, Sam. I mean, listen. When I was a kid, I wanted to be president of the United States. Right? Like a lot of other, you know kids do at like age 10 or whatever 
right? But then once I got, you know, more into like actually what politics was, once I, you know, once I was a teenager, especially, you know, in my 20s, I was like, holy, holy, you know, holy shit, being president is a stressful job, no matter who, you know, is in office. I think I'd much rather prefer you know, sticking into doing my podcast and talking to people online. But, um, but with that being said, I will say what Donald Trump said. On Oprah in 1987, which is, if things really got bad enough, actually, you know what, let me... Why am I, why am I, uh, I've got capability to play the video, so let me, let me find this, if it, if it's, if it's still up on YouTube. They, they might have, they might have pulled it by now. I know people have probably seen this, but it's, it's, uh, okay, this is interesting. Wow, Oprah actually kept this up. Um, that's kind of impressive. All right. Uh, Oprah asks a 42-year-old, asks a 42-year-old Trump if he'd run for president. Wow. In 1988, uh, Don Oprah asked Donald Trump about a presidential, about a potential presidential ambition. His answer, blah, blah, blah. In less than 24 hours, Donald Trump will take part in his first presidential debate, primary debate. In 1988, Oprah Winfrey asked the 42-year-old at that time, Donald Trump, about potential presidential ambitions. Take a look at this. Would you ever... Probably not, but I, I do get tired of seeing the country ripped Why off. would you not? I just don't think I really have the inclination to do it. I love what I'm doing. I really like it. Also, I, it doesn't pay as well. No, it doesn't. <laughs> but, you know, I just probably wouldn't do it, Oprah. I probably wouldn't, but I do get tired of seeing what's happening with this country. And if it got so bad, I would never want to rule it out totally because I really am tired of seeing what's happening with this country, how we're, how we're really making other people live like kings, and we're not. Back with Sam, Vanessa, <sighs> Anderson, Lisa, and Andy. Trump now. All right. So, yeah. I like you, Dr. Drew, but, yeah. Anyway, though, I just wanted to play that uh, clip for you guys because that is essentially my answer. I don't think I would want to do it, but if I felt compelled to do it, 
And people have said I should run, so... Uh, you know, it could be in the cards, but also, if that were the case, then, uh, I think we would need to get rid of all of the, uh, we would need to get rid of all of the Danger Zone 8 out hate streams, because, uh, I'm pretty sure that, well, we would, we would always have to get rid of half the show catalog for the, for the Whitfield Report. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure that I've done enough, like, shock jock things on here, on the show that would, you know, be problematic. Then, then again, you know, Trump did say grab him by the pussy, and he did fuck porn stars, and, you know, he still managed to get elected the first time, so who knows? Who knows anymore? It, it it would be it would be hilarious if uh it would be hilarious if I ran and the whole danger zone saga you know became like an actual you know national news story type thing. That would be funny as hell. Um. You know, so, am I ruling it out? No. But like I said, we'll wait and see. Um, well, Dictator Phil, if... I mean... <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we, we, we do need, we do need, well... That's why, that's why you're here, that's why you're here, Phil. See, here's, here's the thing. If I became, if I became president, I would put, I would put dictator Phil and Jolly, and Jolly Rogers, Bilgewater, two of the most ruthless, uh, you know, people I know in charge of the whole entire military. Oh, oh, shut up, Brew. You you know what I meant. It, it would be hilarious if I ran, though, too. Good one. Good one, Brew. But, um... Anyway. Yeah, I love, I love the chat. Um... Oh yeah, the the sinister, the sinister smile. Yeah, we 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 you you would get lots of that. You would get lots of those. So, well, with with the way with the way things are going, with the way things are going in my life too, folks, I would probably be like the first bachelor president as well. I don't know. It's fun to throw around hypotheticals. So, um, anyway, I don't want to keep this stream going for too long because I know that, um, E. Scorpio wants to 
premiere his um, wants to premiere his interview with uh, Dren Crick. So I'll wrap this up here shortly. However, something cool happened last night that I know uh, some of you guys have seen um, because I've posted it on the channel that other, others of you might have not. Um, so last night, um, I, I was surfing on YouTube as I want to do before I go to bed. And, uh, I actually saw that Tim Pool had on Alex Jones and Michael Malice on his podcast last night. Now I know, uh, people think that Tim Pool is a grifter and whatnot and, the same with Michael Malice. But I've actually met Michael Malice before at Yellowcon, and I, I will say this. Michael Malice is... He's a, he's a bit of a... Let's, let's just say he's a unique character, but um, I don't know. There are certain aspects of him that I kind of like. You know, like he, how he's a troll. Um, and then I... I I think Alex Jones is hilarious and uh, has actually turned out to be right about a lot of things. And to be fair to Tim Pool, um, I think Tim himself can be a little wishy-washy at times, but he does seem to be, to be a pretty good interviewer, so I do like Tim Cast IRL for that purpose. But anyway, he, um, he had Tim Pool... Uh, or no, yeah, Tim Pool had on Tim Pool, and then he had uh, he had Alex Jones and Michael Malice on, and uh, they got at like five thousand super chats last night, so they weren't able to read all of them. But I did send them a super chat, not expecting to get it read on air. And then, uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this happened. Well, let me, let me pull it up. Where else? Or malice. No, I'm just saying we built our own thing. That's yeah. true. They did. Yeah. Sam Whitfield says Alex Jones, Michael Malice and Tim pool. Three of my favorites all together on the same podcast. Thank you so much for the early Christmas present. God Ooh. bless you all. Uh, it's Hanukkah. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, okay. Come on. By the way, you know I'm going to rip this off and have a floating plant cam. It's amazing. Just on YouTube. But have, have you know, you know, uh, by the way, the, uh, the, 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 it's, it, the, uh, Michael's line about it's Hanukkah, by the way, I, uh, I think he might have actually, I don't know if he, if he, if that was because he, uh, because he recognized me, but when I when I met him, it was uh, Christmas, and so I wished him a Merry Christmas at the time that I bumped into him at some convention um, a few years ago, and he said the same thing to me at Sonic, by the way. So, uh, nice little, little throwback there, and then Alex... 
Alex Jones with the whole floating camera thing. Pretty funny. But uh, anyway, I know it's a short clip, but, and yes, I do know that, you know, technically it's a super chat and technically I paid for it, but still, like, Tim got so many last night that he was skipping over a bunch of them, so I still got uh, shouted out, so that's, or I got my super chat read, so that's pretty cool, I guess. But then again, you know, I'm relatively easy to please. Um, so, Bruce Edison said his cut fades are irritating. Yeah, they kind of are. Um, yeah, they kind of are. I mean, I, to be fair, Brew, to be fair, Brew, Ecamm, the software I use, used to have, like, a really, this software I use right now, used to have a really bad crossfade, uh, thing, too, so I actually had to go in and, like, actually, you know, change some settings on the transitions for this thing, so it wouldn't crossfade as bad, because... When I say it was bad, it was bad. But, uh, anyway. Well, like I said, I don't want to, you know, take too long. Uh, but I just wanted to share a couple things with you guys. Let you guys know that I am doing okay. Like I said, I've been a little stressed out with school. Uh, but, you know... I, uh, I'm hanging in there, and, uh, I'll try and pop into the discords at least more today if I can, uh, but, you know, just, uh, pray for me, and, you know, I know a lot of you guys do, but thanks for your guys' support anyway, um, you know, and just thanks for being awesome, uh, Gamma Hugbox tonight, hopefully, and, uh, like I said, Scorpo should be premiering his video in a little bit. Sorry to, uh, you know, Scorpo, if you're watching this, I'm sorry to delay you a bit. But uh, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for tuning in to this, uh, you know, kind of impromptu Friday afternoon stream. And uh, folks, just thank you for tuning in. God bless. God save this great nation. God, freedom, like to see in that order, and I will see you guys later tonight for the Gamma Hug Box, and tomorrow for the Whitfield Report Saturday edition. God bless.